everybody, and welcome to a poetic Wild Ride with Stevo. We've got Maynard James Keenan of Tool, A Perfect Circle, Pussifer. And I have to say, I've been a fan of this guy for considerably more than half of my life. I've always known him to be so mysterious, uh, such an enigma, larger than life, like just a rock star. He would say just a poet. But man, I don't think we've ever seen me uh, do a podcast with somebody I was such a fan of, which makes for just an incredibly entertaining experience, which includes the most embarrassing moment I think I've ever experienced on the podcast. And uh, <laughs> you're not going to want to miss it. It's pure gold. Um, also, I want you to know that tomorrow, as this comes out on Friday, March 31st, Pussifer is releasing Existential Reckoning Rewired, which is a track-by-track reimagining of Existential Reckoning, their last album. Uh, that is available Friday, March 31st. Be sure to get it and strap on your seatbelts for this one. Let's get into it. We're good. Okay, uh, so hey. we won't waste any time. Check, check. We're recording every camera. Hey, We're recording every camera. You're blowing your shot with that blind not being down. Yeah, that's not the blind. That's check. You guys check. are doing great. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, now you're not so shooting into the light. <clears throat> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Maynard James Keenan. Where? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you've met. Scott Randolph, this is Vinny. What's up, dude? Sir, nice to meet you. And uh, we're here in Arizona. Thank you so much for inviting us out here, man. What an honor. It's an honor to have you here, watching people storm your overly branded bus. <laughs> yeah, it's not so <laughs> subtle. My tour bus is obnoxiously wrapped with uh, my face and name. And I have, res uh, I have regretted that at times. Um, Never regret. Yeah, you said you, uh, <laughs> you're just dripping with anxiety to, to look at the rap on the oh, bus. Oh yeah, I was like, uh, to, 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 to drive around with my name on a bus, I would just be folding in on myself. <laughs> I, yeah, you guys I, don't put tool on the side of yours <laughs> in the show? <laughs> <laughs> was uh, there ever a bus that had tool on it? No, no. Pussifer? Nope. Nothing. No. I think at some point we did maybe Perfect Circle, and it was like, never again. Like, that was... 1999 or 2002 or something like what a dumb idea i um don't expect to wrap any buses again in the future <laughs> for what it's worth <clears throat> um yeah I, I was dying to ask about that if there was ever a tour bus uh, uh, we had we had um <clears throat> paul frank wrapped uh a perfect circle bus at some point that was kind of cool okay how many tour buses are you guys taking out with tool when you guys are going around Fuck. Uh, I would be guessing. Uh, Ten? Seven, seven. Eight. Wow. And you guys each get one. Yeah, we finally got to that age where it's like, I'm kind of, I don't, I kind of like you, but not that often. <laughs> I don't want to breathe in your farts at night. No, yeah. No. Um, yeah, but you know, then I go right back on the road with Pussifer and it's 20 people, 20 per person bus. We're wow. all just crammed on top of each other. Wow. So, you know, it's good to to know what it's like. So, Reset. 
I, I could have guessed that you wouldn't have been big on rapping buses because you're notoriously private. And um, and here I am on camera being private. I, I, I know, and that's the, that's the thing is, um, as I understood it, you know, in the early days of Tool, like you guys basically, <clears throat> at all costs, avoided being on camera, like avoided doing interviews, like didn't, like you, you were pretty unseen. And uh, you've opened up over the years. Mm -hmm. Like, is, is there uh, a philosophy to being less private? Well, I mean, I just, yeah, there's many layers to that. Uh, friends get together, we write some songs, I write some poems and sing to them. It's not that special. <laughs> so I don't know why you're tripping over yourself to come taste my skin, you know? It just seems weird to, to have that kind of a, you know, that reaction over some fucking poems. It seems weird. Right. Uh, so it's, it's out of balance for what seems normal. Uh, right. But also just like your private life should be, you know, kind of your private life, right? But then, you know, flipping that around, like trying to, don't don't photograph me. Um, then you have to start listening to what you said yourself and go, am I so important? Right. Not really that important. Uh, but at the same time, you like your privacy. So sure. when, you're, when you're serving food, yeah, uh, people are there to, they have the food, but when you're not serving food, I shouldn't be bugged about recipes. Right. That, that, that makes sense. Um, with, uh, with the writing, the poems, it, it's crazy to me that, that you seem to strive to not really play a role in making the music. You want the music done and then well, it depends on the project. Right. Yeah. So, you know, historically, I wrote a lot earlier with Tool. We all wrote together. I would bring a piece. Everybody would bring something to it. Uh, same thing with Pussifer. With Billy, he wrote a bunch of stuff. He just had a bunch of stuff written. So that was kind of the, the process that we just kind of went with with Perfect Circle. But with Pussifer, there's a lot more collaboration going on between Matt and Karina and I. Uh, Tool, like I said, early days, we were all writing. But as you get older, stubborn, more successful, and the egos start to swell and all four of us can't fit our heads in one room, you know, one of us has to back out and just let that fight occur right. and then wait for the chips to fall and then go, okay, I'll write some poems to that. Yeah, so the, you, you get the music and then, you, and, and notoriously, the music can take a long time to get to you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then when it does get to you, you turn around because you're trying to react to the music. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And generally, that's, that's how I write. I've, I've been, recently I've been working in, in Logic, finally unlocked the Logic magic door where I can come up with rhythms and melodies that are just kind of, you know, sketches on a napkin. And I'm able to write a lot more music in that way because I'm not a drummer. I'm not a guitar player. I can play guitar. I can barely yeah. tune a guitar. And that's how I used to write is on a bass. Um, but I just kind of like, because there's better bass players, because there's better guitar players, I just kind of let them do that. But now that I've unlocked this little, uh, tool, no pun intended in logic, I'm like, I have this new thing now where, um, I can't have, I can't finish my coffee unless I write at least a beat or a melody in logic and then send that off to Matt and Karina and Pussifer go here, here's my, here's my morning coffee. So like at least three a week. 
I nice. sent him something. So I have like this folder of like 40 things I've been working on uh, over time. And I'm sending some of those to, if it sounds like it's leaning toward perfect circle or it's leaning toward tool, I'll send them those way, but usually you just get crickets back from those guys. So <laughs> like, that's a cute riff. Stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, with with uh, you know the poster for just the name of the band and V is for vagina. Like there, there's so much. What kinda, are you implying? I, well, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm observing uh, the naughtiness, and there there's been like Tool's been naughty like from the get go, <laughs> and there's been issues with uh, with with like censorship and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How much of uh, like how much of it is like oh let's you know like what I'm trying to th think of my, my question here like I'm emotionally eleven. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I I like that and I relate to that. Like how uh, much did it screw you over with success? Oh, right. I mean, you guys almost tried to not be successful. It seems like. Oh man, Pussifer, we shipped the first record, Vias for Vagina. Shipped. We were doing great. It all went out from the time that we started recording. Vias for Vagina, until the day that we actually released it, the record industry fucking collapsed. So all the record scores were open when we started recording. When we released, Tower and Virgin had all closed. Like, all those mom and pops had closed. We were stuck with Target, Best Buy, uh, Kmart, and Target sent our albums back because it said Vagina on it. Yeah. I was like, what? Were you pissed? Just, we, I love, don't you, you don't like Vagina? Yeah. I love. <laughs> I know it's kind, of, it's kind of like us with the hot sauce. Like Amazon's like, dude, you guys are doing great. We want to put you on the front page. Our hot sauce is called hot sauce for your butthole. Mm -hmm. And they're like, can you change the word butthole? And Steve's like, no fucking way. You figure out a way to not have a butthole. We'll change the name. <laughs> right. Then we first. could talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So I mean, there's kind of a parallel there. But w w when you guys, I mean, you guys relied on that income. For, with Walmart and Target and all those places, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah, I mean, because uh, Pussifer's an independent band, so like, I wrote the check for all those, all that vinyl. Yeah. And had to not only pay for the vinyl to be made, but they have the vinyl shipped back to me and then rent a fucking warehouse to put it in. Mm -hmm. And we, yeah. sold, we sold it all eventually, but like, that was scary. Like, to have, you know, 80,000 pieces of vinyl shipped it back to you i love what, that you what said year was piece that? of vinyl <laughs> what's that i love that you said piece of vinyl yeah it's a real uh what year was that was that before all the success no that was that was uh, a a poster for that was uh 2007 2006 no yes 2007 when not when everything kind of fell apart Fuck. yeah so what do you do How, how'd you get rid of all those records you know, we just kept touring and kept making Selling records and doing shit, and they finally sold. We just got, I just, uh, recently, this last year, we got a whole new run of, you know, color variants on it. Those are still moving. So it took, it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm fucking stubborn, so don't take no for an answer and yeah, just keep going. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion of record labels, like, in, in general? Like... <laughs> No pressure. I, well, no, I mean, as I understand, I, I've never sold music, so so I, you know, I, I'm pretty ignorant. But I've always understood that in order to make it big, you need the record label. Yeah, but so in I think order I, to make money, you, there, 
this is this is all in this is very individual based this is all very specific to an individual artist most artists are some uh woe is me somebody touched my butthole <laughs> gonna bring it back to your hot sauce <laughs> uh when i was kid like now, now i gotta now i gotta be up in front of people acting like a moron um no idea how to do business no idea how to organize anything but you're incredible at whatever this art is that you've developed over the years dancing around in front of a mirror with your fucking brush right um so that you need somebody like a manager or a label to kind of handle all that business side of things in theory but if you have a head for that you really don't need a label you just don't if you understand how to run a business but now we're back to like most artists right no clue they can barely get up before 11. Right. There's just not, it's just not in their nature. Right. Um, I come from a, a farming community back in Michigan. You know, I'm a martial artist. So there's, there's things you got to do during the day to get, to prepare for that. You can't just have a big breakfast and go run on the mat and start doing jujitsu. Right. So I'm up at five 30 just cause that's wow. just my nature. Um, I have, I plan. Um, so I don't know. I think, Labels aren't necessary. What it comes down to is um, individual jobs within promoting an album that I might not be able to handle, like actual marketing and actual like distribution, mailing lists, and all that kind of shit. That like there's there's various there's various ad agencies and and promotional institutions and marketing people that have that covered. And then there's the logistics of you know warehousing and shipping and dates and Right. deadlines and stuff that I have a head for, but I delegate that to my wife because she's really good at it. Um, so we kind of, you know, kind of manage it that way. So if you can do that, do that. Yeah. And do you want to be as big as, you know, whatever the biggest star is nowadays? Well, then you're going, you have to be part of the system. 100%. If you're going to be Beyonce, you, you have to be tapped in because everybody wants their fingers in that pie. And that way it gets big because the bigger the pie, the, the bigger your slice, right? Right. So there's that. But at the level that Pussifer's operating at, you know, we're playing to like 2,000, 3,000 people. It's it's a decent number of people to play to, but it's still, you still have to manage those margins. Right. And try to talk to a, try to talk to some dude and some rock man that you know about the word margins. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Scott, Scott's my guy yeah. for, for all of that. Um, how long have you been married? Uh, 10 years. Wow. Well, she got married on leap year day, so two and a half years. Three, okay. Three, one, one, three. That's, is that right? Because that's, okay. my, that's my sober birthday. Uh, on leap year. We I, th got, I think we I got, thought it was a leap year that year. But well, we maybe. actually got, it was on 29th okay. of, uh, of February. 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, th I thought I got sober on a leap year. And so then like four years later, I was like, dude, I got sober on a leap year. Like that wasn't a leap year that year. I always thought I was right. a leap year baby. So you're bad at math. Yeah. And <laughs> you're in charge of. Yeah. Okay. Margins. You're in charge of Steve's margins. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Six other. <laughs> for sure. So you're uh, just about exactly 10 years older than I am. Okay. And you've been married for 10 years. I've been engaged for five years. Okay. I'm getting married this year. Awesome. Yeah, Congratulations. So 10 years behind you on that too. All right. Is this the first time you've ever said that out loud? 
I, I mean, I would like to be married this year. Wow. But, I, I, but I'm also going to be doing a lot of crazy things this year. So. <laughs> are, are you going to get married with tits or without tits? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's going to be the final test for my fiance. For my next tour, I'm putting together this really wild show called uh, Steve Has Gone Too Far Tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, I'm going to... Thinking of the implants? I'm not thinking of it. I'm going to absolutely do it. Okay. I just, uh, are you, I, I don't want to. I don't want to show you my Amazon cart right now. But like, I literally was buying, you know, all everything going on. I was like, I got to bring back the tits. Nice. Because I used to wear them yeah. in '97, and I, I ordered them, and I got this. It's like weird. Like it's a whole sleeve. Like you have to put it on like mm -hmm. a vest, and it's tits. Like these are these feel like this is like stripper tits. They're like yeah, they're silicone. But they're like right here. So I put it on and my wife's like, what the fuck are you wearing? It looks like headlights like this. Tijuana boob job. It's awful. I'm told that that uh, I can fit D's or double D's with like proper breast surgery. Go go C cup. You think? Yeah, it'll look better. <laughs> yeah, C's look a lot better, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, there's just something about D and or double D. I don't know. That, that, go D, might as well go double. Yeah, that's that, that's. You probably shouldn't I'm... talk about that in front of your wife. <laughs> right. Well, that you even know what a D cup looks like. Right. That's true. Let's just edit this part out. Um, I. <laughs> that's what my girl is is not super thrilled about about that whole plan, but I'm only gonna have them for like three months. Okay. And that it's just for the the, the production period of the show logistic mind i'm kind of going okay give yourself time to do the thing heal from the thing get healthy from the thing and then go do the tour well right i'm not touring with the tits i'm just okay. doing like but i do a multimedia tour so okay. so there's a, everything gets shot the show gets put together and then the tour goes on okay uh, as a multimedia thing okay i feel like you got to do at least one meet and greet with the tits though I'm gonna do a lot of things with the tits, bro. Okay, so but that's not what this is about. I'm just, I'm just riffing here. If you have the tits and it's super low cut, right? Just a not, just barely nipple, right? Yeah. Just a little bit of areola, but make sure there's a camera. See how many guys. So that you're watching dudes like coming to shake your hand, and they're like, the eye contact. Issue. I got a whole whiteboard. That should be. <laughs> <laughs> What can I say, man? I got plans. I got a lot of plans. And you gotta have plans, especially when it comes to your health. Your diet is the most important thing, man. That is why I go with Athletic Greens, specifically AG1 from Athletic Greens, which is the most comprehensive, convenient supplement you can get. It is delicious. It's loaded with 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, adaptogens, probiotics, I mean, it, they put more good stuff in there than can be believed. And again, it is delicious. You dump a scoop in your pint of water to get hydrated at the beginning of the day, and you have filled in all of the gaps in your diet. You've helped your gut health, your cognitive health. I mean, dude, it's just good for everything. I swear by it. I love it. And if you go to athleticgreens.com slash Stevo, they will give you an entire year supply of vitamin D, immune boosting, and five convenient travel packs of the AG1 I speak of. With your first purchase, 
Again, that is at athleticgreens.com slash Stevo. Jump on it. You'd be a fool not to. Now, let's get back to it. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Eye contact. Yeah. They're, they're, like a screensaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, did 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 you know that that uh, your music was in super rad skate videos? Yeah, were you aware of that? Like, yeah, loved it. I think mostly illegally. Yeah, but I think uh, mostly of illegally. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Big Brother got away with murder in that regard. Right. Like, there was a, a Union Wheels video and. Um, both Tom Boyle and Chris Markovich had tunes of yours, and uh, both. Do you have an address for them? I I just I particularly loved that. Now, um, so we're we're in Arizona. Where this is where you do your wine thing. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me about doomsday prepping. I love that. Is that why you guys like Bromptons? Because they're like easy to pack and take? <laughs> Does it have anything to do with Speaking Doomsday? of packing, uh, <laughs> it is Arizona. Uh, I think, you know, part of my Doomsday mindset is just understanding water and farming, right? Because I think part of it is there's going to be there's going to be climate changes. There's going to be weird things that happen. And if you understand the movement on the sun and the stars and seasons in your area, it really is about for the reset, right? Understanding how to get beyond those things and survive. Preppers, I think if they're really, you know, smart preppers, they're thinking about the first, 72 hours of when shit really goes down and just maintaining sanity for those that period of time and then maybe having a horror some kind of store of water or food or something for a while but when it comes to like actual doomsday like radiation and nuclear weapons like there's no amount of preparing that can help you with that that's fucking absurd like yeah there's nothing you're going to do to to uh, to outrun something that's that massive of a scale but you know, if you, I think it's part of like, okay. So I was telling you, we just we just moved our jujitsu academy over um, to another location, better location, more square footage, like more students coming in. It's going to be it's great. But part of the idea of of self defense training is that now I can I can kick somebody's ass, and if you've never wrestled or done boxing or muay thai or, or judo before ever in your life. The idea that you're going to stop somebody who has a little bit of that background that's bigger or stronger or faster than you, that's kind of dumb. But what I have noticed is that people, you know, short of gunshot wounds, if you come in and you're training enough, you're actually putting yourself in a, in a stressful situation. And you've, if you've never had somebody lay on top of you, you were saying like that was, that was something that was big for you, like having that, just suff- that, suff- that suffocation yeah, feeling. Claustrophobic. If you become accustomed to that feeling and you're able to work through the stress of that feeling of somebody on you pressuring you will against will and you're able to relax through that i think when it comes to things like end of the world scenarios 
just remaining calm and clear, knowing how to secure fresh water, knowing how to like, you know where to look for food or how to grow food yeah. when it's all said and done. That amount of, not peace of mind, I guess it's kind of peace of mind, but that being able to relax through it and accept, accept the fate and just go, this is what we're gonna do. Um, we just found that people that get in weird situations that have done enough martial arts in their life, they don't, they go, they don't go completely to that red zone where they black out and mm -hmm. tunnel vision and then their limbs go numb as much as somebody who's never done a martial art or ever had somebody laying on top of them or attacking <clears throat> them, trying to you know strangle them or whatever. So it's, it is kind of a you're relieving the initial stress and the adrenaline dump, right? Yeah. First, first amount of tricks you guys used to do with Jackass, I guarantee like the first a bunch of those you did, there's, you go, man, that was, you go, I don't remember. Cause you're, you went right into that weird adrenaline dump thing initially. I get like that when things. I'm on stage, open for Steve, I will black out and I won't remember what the fuck yeah, I'm supposed because to it's say. Yeah, because it's a weird adrenaline dump and you get tunnel vision and you, you know, cotton mouth and all those things. But as you've done it a couple times, even though there's a thing you've never done before, and you're worried about doing it, it's not nearly as daunting as the first time you did it before the cameras were ever even rolling. Right. And there's also a lot more of the anxiety like leading up to it is scarier than the thing itself. Right. And once you've been through that a couple times, you go, oh, right. Remind yourself of that and you're fine. Breathe through it. That's one of the things we always, when people are, you're new here, you haven't done any of these things. That's what I was telling you that whole seminar to ex yeah. just explain the movements before the movements. There's an introduction to jujitsu. Yeah, I can show you all these things. I can show you the guard and show you all these things. But if you don't even understand how to move your body to begin with, to defend yourself, to get out of this thing, right? right? Survive, escape, control, submit. You can't submit if you have no control over the situation and you, and you don't have an exit strategy to just survive, right? Right. You said that you're making a documentary about that. Yeah, we filmed we filmed the seminar itself. I'm editing it together uh, with the, these guys, and uh, the um, I want to probably go back and film some more to really detail it. But just the understanding their body movements and things you're going to end up encountering in a new jujitsu academy. If you don't even understand how to move your body and control your own weight on the ground. Now you have somebody on top of you. If you have any kind of childhood trauma, you're like, you don't want to be here. You're out. You know? I, I used to be put under mattresses when I was a kid. So it just stirs that up for oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah. If, I will bite and fucking shit myself. I'll do anything to get out of that situation. <laughs> like no fucking questions yeah. asked. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck if my mom died on top. I'd bite her fingers off, you know? Yeah. If I just... biting doesn't work, then <laughs> shitting yourself is... Shitting I mean, it seems like a logical like, step, right? I'm just down to go to that, like, I... Like, like I remember on the, on, when I was driving to a party one time, they put me in the back of a car. Bite. And then, like... Shit stuff. Yeah. Got it. Well, dude, then, then, then people kept piling in, and yeah. then... And then so oh, like I was in the no. back of the car and somebody's like, hey, everybody, look, Scott's about to freak out. And then that just freaked <laughs> me out. And I just started punching my way out the side window. I believe that that's called triggered. Yeah. I read it online. Tr triggered. <laughs> yes. So hey, I, look, everybody, Scott's about to shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're going to shit yourself or 
frankly, if you're going to shit at all, then you should know about my favorite sponsor of the Wild Ride podcast ever, which is Hello Tushy, makers of bidets. Bidets, I swear by. They come, you attach it to your toilet very easily. It's got a knob. And that knob, when you twist it, it just fires this awesome blast of water, like pressure cleaning your butthole. It leaves you so clean. It reduces your your toilet paper use. It's great for the environment. You are squeaky clean, and once you use it, you never go back. And if you go to hellotushy.com slash stevo, then you get 10% off your order. But be sure to use the promo code Stevo2. That's hellotushy.com slash Stevo. And use the promo code Stevo for 10% off your first order so that you can figure out what I'm talking about. I don't call this my favorite podcast sponsor ever for no reason. And that's why you got to get over to hellotushy.com slash Stevo now. Now let's get back to it. Right, prison pocket. <laughs> oh god, you just did that to yourself. But yes, but you know, going back to the doomsday prepping, I feel like there's there's this looming thing that people. I'm gonna be the the one who survives, but it's like there's so there's so many infinite variables about what that even means. Right, you're better off tuning yourself to understanding farming, growing your own right. food, finding fresh water. Like those kind of basic things that you would have to do. I remember watching um, the Walking Dead series, and I'm watching it just going, "This is cool." I think the drama, you know, whatever, you know. There's, oh look, there's a zombie. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I was like, "I haven't. Where are they getting their water?" Right. right. And then like the next episode was them like literally trying to find water. So whatever the writer did, like they were, you know, it's like they they put that in there, like literally part of their entire survival was like trying to find water for an entire episode which is probably going on across the whole story everywhere with people realizing that but because there's things you just don't even right okay your car broke down on the side of the road is it going to be cold tonight is it going to be hot tonight do you have water do you have any food like just all those things that go through your head in the middle of australia when your bus breaks down Mm -hmm. right right um well what do you think is going to happen and what do you think is going to happen for like doomsday I mean, I think that you've got, like, economic collapse is right at the top of the list. Um, the, the, you know, heaven forbid, nuclear war. Uh, the, the, and that seems increasingly right, increasingly likely. May you live in interesting times. Fuck you. <laughs> Give me the boring times. Yeah. Right, water, right. water crisis. Yeah. Water is definitely, water wars is, is a big, big one. Um, climate in general. Uh, what, what are the other mega threats? Um, another. Uh, TikTok. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, another pandemic is. Uh, Likely. Yeah, I mean the way AI, AI, yeah, yeah. I mean that could as far as as far as interrupting uh, just basic utility systems, if if somehow the AI decides to make a decision that is global in terms of like right delivery of electric or gas or whatever. Let's uh, add cyber 
war to mm -hmm. the you know cyber warfare i think is is a legit one there there was a book um written by neil strauss called uh like emergency this book could save your life and and for writing the book neil strauss uh became like like a, he hung out with militia people and like all these different like scenarios uh got like a pilot's license i think and you know how to get uh, citizenship in other countries and like it, it was pretty fascinating that um you know the learning how to ride a motorcycle because when uh the shit hits the fan everybody's trying to get out mm -hmm. you've got all the traffic but the motorcycles can split lanes yeah it makes a lot of sense yes. unless you live in some place that's like a small town of 500 people <laughs> right and you're already out of that awful situation right yeah, yeah. that's why i moved here just because I mainly because I didn't resonate with a large city. It just didn't, I'm from a small town. So I moved back out here because I have access to a large city to do the work I can do with, with the band. But like, I moved out here to get away from sure. just that just that energy that was, I don't, I wasn't raised with that energy. So, you know, I have I like wine, I have farms, we have gardens and greenhouses and I raise ducks and quail and, you know, that's just, that's just who I am. Um, so if you understand how to, keep quail alive and keep ducks or chickens alive eggs got food right yeah. you raise quail for the eggs yeah we have and, these and the meat uh, uh no the meat uh i have a hard time with that i can't i can't kill the ducks we tried that yeah. like i was like okay raise these ducks uh from babies and you know it came time to like okay these ones have to go and like i had nightmares for a week so we have a bunch of these ducks that don't lay eggs that are just like freeloaders. Oh, really? <laughs> they don't pay any rent. So are you are you completely off the grid pretty much? No, no, no. And I think that again, going back to the purpose thing, that is an absolute absurd myth that you're going to be able to live off the grid for any length of time. If there's going to be some kind of materials that you need to trade for, you can't grow your entire thing by yourself. Generally speaking, you have to be a master at that stuff in the right location to deal with the, the, the seasonal changes and all that, you're gonna end up having to trade something with somebody for some kind yeah. of thing to get a job done. There's that Whether it's food or resources or tools yeah. or whatever. Gas. You you're gonna, to you're gonna, you know, fuel, well, even if it, that might be at that point where like there is no, there are, you know, you have to figure out how to do that. Well, that's where there's, that's where distillation comes in. You know, you're, you know, figuring out how to like create a fuel flammable material from using wood to distill some kind of sugar-based so are you reading books liquid? on this shit like at night no it's just logic it's just simple logic of like looking at what you do in your life you're are you going to just eat the raw food because somebody's going to need heat or you need to like cook your food okay well then you're going to need some kind of a fuel source mm -hmm. to cook your food okay well then what you know what kind of you know, it's just all those things unravel just logically and logistically in my head to go, okay, well, uh, move to a small town, <laughs> learn yeah. how to grow food and feed ducks and uh, quail. And How about bunkers? Are you into those? I have a, well, you just saw one of them. Like that's, that thing is temperature, because a bunker for me is, is a place where we can regulate temperature. Okay. So if I have to live in that thing in the middle of summer, in the middle of winter, it's going to maintain a certain temperature so it's a comfortable living setting. 
I thought Russell bunker Hill. had to be underground. That's what but, I thought. But you yeah. the the lower part of that. Okay. There's a roof that's easily three feet thick, and it's surrounded on three sides by ground. So you roll those doors down, and that is technically it's a bunker. It's not it's not buried underground like you have to go through a tunnel to get to it. That's yeah. can't even imagine the psychological mess you'd be living in one of those for about a month. I don't disagree that it might be unpleasant to spend that much time in a bunker, but I really like the idea of having a bunker. And the only problem is, how are you going to pay for it? And I have your answer. You start killing it in the e-commerce game. That's how you become prepared for disasters, by making money. And how do you do that? Well, you start off by having something to sell, like Stevo's hot sauce for your butthole, or the excruciatingly hot Stevo's butthole destroyer. Now, I sell this stuff on Amazon. I sell it at stevo.com. And that's what's great about this sponsor, ShipStation. It's how I sell everything online. Now, if you're selling on Etsy, Amazon, your own website, doesn't matter. ShipStation is one easy to use interface that brings all of these platforms into just one thing. And it also brings in all of your methods of shipping, like the United States Post Office, FedEx, UPS. It's all in one interface. And they give you access to the the best rates which are normally reserved for fortune 500 companies and it is so easy you get an order and boom prints out your label you put the label on the box and it's out the door shipping paid for it it's that easy it's ship station it's time to make ship happen so you can get prepared for doomsday okay now even better you get a 60 day free trial if you go to shipstation.com and use the promo code stevo 60 day free trial that's a big deal man you're gonna find out how easy it is to kill it in the e-commerce game i mean dude Go to ShipStation.com and use the promo code Stevo and hand to God, that is how I sell all of my marks. That is how I ship every order with ShipStation. I love them. You need to use them. ShipStation.com, promo code Stevo. Let's get back to it. Yeah. So that was strategically built to where like it picks up wind and the it just picks sunlight. Up, it just makes sure that the, the if the power mm. grid goes out, for a period of time, because I'm assuming that we're all going to try to get back on the same page to fix whatever breaks, right? Right. So that bunker is meant to be that way so that it has thermal mass, and therefore my wines being stored in there don't go bad, even though the power is off for a week, two wow. weeks. It's meant it's meant to house them in that way so they're, they're preserved. You sell the wine in Whole Foods? No, I think Whole Foods picked up some of our stuff at some point, but I don't really make enough wine to really be in those larger, larger right, chains. Okay. We make we make quite a bit, but Whole Foods tends to be like, we want to make sure that right. you have a fuckload of wine, and right. we always want to be able to get it. And there's, you know, there's consistency with that, so you end up with much, much larger, larger uh, things. So you're, you're a, a, a boutique wine label. Kind of, yeah. We do. We're we're at about fifteen thousand cases split between four eight wine works, uh, Caduceus and Merkin, 
um, which is pretty small compared to most California wineries. How does Arizona uh, compare to California? California is like wine country, right? Yeah. The so the the best way to describe what's going on in Arizona, we're high. This is this is geeky stuff now. So you got, you're going to lose your audience, but I'm going to say it anyway because you asked me. Argentina, you're familiar with Mendoza, and you have all the Malbecs that come from that area. That elevation and that that latitude is is similar to where we are. So as far as high, you know, get snow in the winter, and it's high, it's higher altitude, um, temperatures and everything are very similar. So if you've ever had an Argentinian Malbec, I can now you know that we can grow wine here, okay? Because you know that that that's a possibility. And the the lava soil. Yeah, we have we have volcanic soil here. We have uh, a lot of um, limestone as well because you should be completely under underwater here, ocean. Uh, but as far as what we end up producing out of here that ends up being strong, it's very Mediterranean. So Italian, Spanish wines really, really grow well here. California, uh, they have kind of the more Bordeaux and Burgundy kind of French uh, soils and climate to, that kind of back that up. We're more like Italy, Spain, Southern France, Portugal. That's, that's our strength. What elevation is this? Here we are at, I'm gonna get it wrong, because uh, Jerome, we're uh, 4,900 feet. Down in Cornville, we're at like 3,000, 3,200 feet. So I'm gonna say, I think here we're about 4,100 feet. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And that's important when you're farming elevation. Oh right? yeah. Certain crop, cacao grows like seven to 9,000 feet. Yeah. Coffee bean grows at like two to 4,000 feet. Yeah. That was all fascinating Very to me. Very specific. Yeah. yeah. So. Then is but like grapes so robust? because of our so but that there's there's uh, yes and no on that so if I'm at if I'm at four thousand feet here I'm technically compared <clears throat> to California we're farther south we're closer to the equator so you go oh it's going to be too hot to grow grapes because you've been in Phoenix mm -hmm. you, you don't bother trying to grow grapes there but Phoenix is a lower elevation. So the closer you get to the equator, the higher in elevation you have to go. So now oh. you get the cooler temperatures because you're higher up. Okay. So depending on the depending on the coffee beans, it all it's yes, it's elevation, but it's also latitude. Where are you? Can you grow hydroponic grapes? That's a big facility. Yeah. It'd be a large facility. People ever do it? I'm sure they have, <clears throat> but that's that's cost prohibitive. Like with with energy. Well, just having to build a huge building to put your grapes in it. That's that's a lot of infrastructure. Is it the dank? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is that shit the dank, dude? Yeah, yeah fire. Cron, cron. <laughs> um, I mean, the wine is is a, a crazy world, evidently. Mm -hmm. Um, so with uh, yoga, like every day, you start with a physical exercise. Kind right? of, yeah, yeah. I mean, just. A walk around the vineyard to begin with just you you watched walking up this yeah. hill was just like it doesn't matter how many times i walk up that hill it, it's like it's you know being on a stairmaster for the first uh, as you, in your waking moments it's right it, it wins you uh but you know you know we do the jujitsu academy i'm blending jujitsu with actual physical you know warm-ups and conditioning uh lauren landau uh, Aaron, one of his main guys there, out of Denver, 
Landau Performance has all these great programs for strength and conditioning that are non-invasive, you know, not injury prone. Okay. It's not like doing CrossFit. If you're trying to do CrossFit to do like a professional sport, you're an idiot because you're going to get injured and now you can't do your professional sport. Right. Okay. So the more strength and conditioning stuff that Lauren's doing is you're getting as in, in shape, but you're not risking injury doing it. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Not throwing big ass weights around and trying to right like running is generally not really good for you. It's not great. It's not yeah. great. But like versa climbers, ever been on one of those versa climbers? Yeah. Oh my god, that things that thing should be buried in hell. Yeah. Okay. Great. They, they they have those in Brompton version where you, they fold it. Fold it up. Do yeah. they no. put it in your? <laughs> I wish, man. <laughs> the the versa climber is like this mean spirited <clears throat> medieval fucking torture device that I I love it. Well, how, how long has this like uh, regimen been like? Have you been doing this for? I mean, how, I go how, in phases. You know, you go on the road and you try to maintain that, and then just the hours of you know you're right. you're on stage at nine or eight o'clock and you're not getting off until eleven. And you haven't eaten because I can't eat after five because I have to go on stage, right? So right. then now, now, now you're eating at like right. midnight, which is the dumbest time to eat, and then you got to go to bed and a bouncing thing down the highway. So your my workout schedule on the road just goes to shit because there's you can't figure out how to get that. Now you're trying to recover by sleeping till noon. Yeah. Do 11. you like the tour bus life? No. Do you I don't, I don't get like to a tour. place? Do you stay in a hotel or do you stay in the bus? Uh, it's all about it's it's all about the timing. It's all about sleep, like hitting the REM state. Yeah. So if, if I'm at REM state, like if it's like 5 a.m. and the bus can stay where it's at and I don't have to get out of it, I'll stay in the bus to sleep, just so I can get through that that stage. Then get up around like eight or nine and get in the hotel room and and then. But if you go back to bed, then now you're fucked because you're gonna sleep till two and. Mm-hmm. Do you have a method of calculating your REM sleep? Mm-mm. No. How do you know? Dreams? Uh, you know, when they say, hey, man, you want to go in the hotel? I'm like, you cocks. Like, you're like <laughs> ripped out of the cool hot air balloon. You were floating around the Amazon River, you dick. I was, it was a great dream. <laughs> Fucker. Um, no, I think, it, I think it's just I can track it more when I'm home. And I know where that state is because I hit it. And then when I wake up refreshed, but in the bus, it's like trying to hit that state. It's, it's hard because sometimes it's a long drive. And right when you would be in that state, you're, you know, you're going through Ohio and hitting every pothole that was ever invented. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a tool concert. I've I've seen a a couple, but 1996, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. In Albuquerque. And I was living there. I was so just I mean not not to crawl up your ass and and you know smother it with kisses, but it was I think I think you looked saying you meant to say butthole. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Bring it back. I mm-hmm. mean there was Thank um <laughs> like uh just like the the notes, man, like the the like the recreate like there's certain bands like just aren't great live and and uh i've found tool to be unbelievably stellar live okay and uh i mean i just 
wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he did great. He's like, what's your point, I, Steve? I, 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 he did I mean, great. Just let it let it go. <laughs> okay. Over it. Not, 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 now I feel my face turning red. Ah, <laughs> uh, how, like how has um perform like over like it's been so many years now, like uh, well the, you, you know old cars right? They used to like you know an old. Uh, barracuda man just like tearing up the streets you try to do that with an old barracuda now and it's that's it's gonna break something's right you know it just it just can't do that so I think with age you find you find ways to sing the thing where it's not creating damage you can actually recreate it without having to uh, pick a scab emotionally and literally like you know right. hurting yourself so I think my writing has changed over the years um, and I can do some of those songs. I can't do a whole set of those songs. Right. I can pepper them in, so I can still do some of those things, but I can't, you can't, if you're actually sitting down and thinking about it, you can't, you know, you can't expect some of those dudes that, you know, back in the day to do right. the thing they did when they were 30 years ago, 40 years ago. That, you can't expect that out of that body. Your body doesn't do those things forever. Right. Do you see the latest, uh, it was like a year ago, uh, Mike Tyson fighting. Yeah. yeah. Who did he fight? Roy oh, Jones. Yeah. So as much of a monster as that dude is, and I have all the respect in the world for Tyson, watching him do that, it's like, please, please don't do this ever again. Yeah. Because you can see the age. There's a there's a there is an absolute <laughs> expiration sure. date on on that high performance, and then at the level that that guy was operating at when he was in his prime. And to watch whatever that was, right? Is, you, if you don't get it by seeing that, that's the, and I'm using him as an example, like that glaring example of like that is an absolute expiration date. Your net, your your body is not going to allow you to perform the way you used to right. perform at certain ages. So you can apply that to pretty much everybody when it comes to physical. Sure. Like that well, that's why jackass is gonna be so funny when they're seventy. <laughs> it's going to be like the broken hip episode. <laughs> just breaking half. Um, just I, talking about the stunts and they break a hip going to get some, get a fucking yeah, yogurt. For sure. Right. Uh, we, I have found my bones to be considerably more brittle yeah. um, at, at this time. And I had the same reaction to the Mike Tyson fight. And, and I love Mike. Um, I was actually at his uh, like little compound where where he does his podcast, the the Tyson Ranch, with a bunch of friends and stuff, and I, I felt the same way that you just described. But also, it was like a phenomenally successful event. Like yes, it, it wasn't. So there's there's and that, and that always ends up being the factor. Um, money. It's just. Twists, motherfuckers, and you know, many people that probably had their hand out to make money on that fight for Tyson. I'm sure they have their hand out again, trying to talk him into doing another one. Right. When you, as the viewer, you remember, you see Anderson Silva connect, dude. The other night, uh, Sanhagen and Cheeto. Those yeah. guys. Those guys yeah. are lightning fast with those strikes, right? <clears throat> and. To watch Mike Tyson, knowing how fast he was, and then see, yeah. you can perceive the microsecond delay that he has to deal with now. I said in the intro that I had the most embarrassing moment on the podcast ever, 
And I think we can agree. But man, Maynard was cool to save the day by just talking about how we lose our virility as we get older. And you know, it's true. And that's why I love Blue Chew. Because I'm getting older, man. It's harder for me to perform, all right? Now, even if you're a young buck, turns out Blue Chew's actually just a lot of fun. No matter where you're at in your life, it's more fun when you're rocking Blue Chew. Why? Because Blue Chew are chewable tablets with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It's one ingredient, active. And man, when it activates, it is party time. And Blue Chew only costs a fraction of the price of Viagra and Cialis. And if you go to bluechew.com and use the promo code STEVO, you can get an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets absolutely for free. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping. And they make getting the prescription super easy because you just do it with the online medical provider at bluechew.com. If you're getting older or if you're not, it's more fun with Blue Chew. Take my word for it. And go to bluechew.com. Use the promo code STEVO to get an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets totally for free. All you pay is five bucks for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code STEVO. Now, let's ride this baby out. Compared to, the, you know, compared to what he was, especially when you watch you know, Cheeto and Sanhagen fight. Or even when Chuck Liddell fought again. You know? Yeah, that, yeah, I was that, that's just that one. That was a tough mm. one. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. But 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 the 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 money and and the greed ends up being the factor that ends up uh, taking a toll on people. Yeah, I mean, the older you get, like this this last Australian tour, like really fucking damaged me. Like being back home, you know, like. What are you guys laughing at? This guy fucking couldn't even I mean, get in the country. I, I'm with. I'm with. There's you. a story. I'm. I'm. I'm going to talk to him later. <laughs> he certainly was able to get into the country, but like, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, like we, we we did we did the thirty the you know the the twenty something shows in thirty days and like uh, I mean we toured for the last ten years, but like that like it I can't catch up on sleep. All those different times, like something's right. off. This net, these like last five days, and I got to go back in like three or four days. Uh -huh. We're going that way is the easy way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like even if, matter. If the travel, like, the travel part is going to be the right. part that just gets you. That's that's why if I can opt to go from stage into a bed, I'll, and then travel the next you. day. These guys, right? These guys go off stage into a fucking Netflix marathon and stay up to like three or four. But I'm like, dude, I have to fucking sleep or I'm dead. Yeah. By the way, thank you for saving me from that moment where. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna circle. We're gonna circle back. Oh yeah, we're coming back around. It was, it was tough, man. Like uh, I had. So enough about my hair. What do you think about my hair? <laughs> um, and and thank you for for mentioning uh, UFC. God, do I fucking love it. Yeah. I I, uh, I I love it so much. And um, the Cheeto Sandhagen fight. It was tough to watch. Cheeto not get started on that fight like yeah and you know so that yeah Sanhagen we could go on for hours on on that just that idea of of the armchair jackasses chanting stupid shit and the audience having no fucking idea everything that went into that fight you have no idea Cheeto could have had the shits that day sure and he has to deal with that going in so that's that's that 
millisecond of timing off for sure for that night that he has to deal with that thing and nobody knows about it. Understood. He jammed he jammed a finger opening a drawer four uh, hours before. You don't know like what's going on. So on that day, right, Sanhagen had the upper hand. That's it. Next time they meet, maybe a completely different story. It might be right. the opposite because those are both guys operating at the highest level of that sure. thing. The guy teaching at our uh, our academy, Clay, yeah. is our black belt on site. Um, he fought MMA and he ended up breaking his he ended up breaking his back during training at some point Oof. out in Denver. His last fight, he lost a decision to Sanhagen, who then got picked up after that. Like a fight later, he got picked up by the UFC. And hearing him tell stories of like. Just what you th- what you think you know about what's happening in that ring right. is absolutely beyond your comprehension in terms of just the level that they're operating at. Right, and Sanhagen particularly with the switching stances constantly and coming from e- his every... footwork is like Dominic Cruz and Sanhagen have yeah. should be like you know writing code For sure. to upload to us <laughs> later. Do you watch every UFC? I don't to? watch all of them. I definitely have my favorite fighters that I, I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I was extremely, extremely, extremely happy for Holly Holm. Yeah. yeah. That was like that. That was like so. Yeah. Worried about that one, and I to see her just. Who the fuck are you? Damn. Yeah, she. Uh, you, she was great. Who do you have, Stipe or John Jones? Uh. July eighth. Oh it, shit! Really? I mean, I don't know. Maybe well, I just made that uh, up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know because uh, we didn't really get a chance to see a lot right. from John Jones then. Although he was training that exact uh, strangle, yeah. so it could have been a setup. And again, that day, yeah, the dude across from him didn't. He had a he had a just a microsecond bad day. That's it. Right. And that changes the entire fight. Um, so. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them fight again. Right. Uh, and I was always been a, a fan of John Jones. I think he's he's his worst enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. We spoke with Alexander Volkanovsky when we were in Australia okay. just a couple of days after the John Jones fight. And in uh, the UFC rankings, Volk lost his number one pound for pound to John Jones. Okay. And... I submitted that we didn't get to see enough out of John Jones to uh, to warrant that. But then I doubled back and said, you know, but the fact that he made it that easy is there's a lot to be said for that too. Yes. So maybe maybe I can't take that from him. Yeah, because you know, other other than Jones's own demons and him fucking himself up over the years, dude, he's one of the best. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think the consensus would be that. Now that he's the heavyweight champion, that he is the best. All right. I think that's the consensus. Um, I, I mean, I love that. That uh, yeah. Have you ever been tempted to tweet to get your tweet on the screen? You know, I thought about it and I was like, "Here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be like, eh, let me see if they're gonna. Oh my fucking god, I misspelled that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do something stupid. For sure. Like I'll put the wrong fighter's name up. I, oh my god, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I did. I did one of those. They're pretty good about about not putting it up if you make a mistake. All right. What did I say? Uh, I, I got some like. Uh, yeah, I always get it wrong. I, I'm, I'm way too. Uh, 
too. I'm the guy though that like my friends are all like, "There's no way that guy can lose, or that's no way that girl can lose. There's no way. They're like they're the best in the world." And I go, "Look, they've won ten in a row." Amanda Nunes. One hundred percent. Odds are odds are against you. Even if you're the best in the world, there's like this weird thing like you're not allowed to, right? As good as you are. You're not you're not allowed to win like 13 in a row or 12 in a row. Like there's a number in there that's like, no, you don't get to win that one. You will immediately come back and fucking mangle the person in the next fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because you are that good, but for some way the universe just it won't let you have that thing. And so there's so many times that my my buddy you just met him Tim with the flip flops up there. Yeah. He's like, no, there's no way, there's no way that that person's gonna there's no way that Shevchenko's gonna lose like. Don't say that. I, yeah. I was a lot more surprised by Shevchenko getting caught by Grasso than I was uh, Nunez getting caught by Juliana Pena. Right. Because but I, the next fight, right? Grasso is going to go. What happened? Right. Because mm -hmm. because Shevchenko's no joke. She's going to make the adjustment and she's going to fix it. Right. And come at you, and unless Grasso keeps up with that adjustment, not right. going to happen. I think Nunez has a way of uh, getting in her own head. Like mm -hmm. I think Nunez kind of lost to herself. Yes. And Shevchenko is less inclined to do that. I feel like. Right. So yeah. much more surprising. Yeah. Um, I uh, I watched the uh, Volkanovski Islam fight at Dana White's house, and uh, I asked him two questions. I said, "What do you think about if uh, in the inspection zone, when you know they're getting their cup checked and stuff, if they were standing on a scale so that the viewer?" could know how much weight they put on since the official weigh-in. Right. I'd be interested by that. Right. And he said that they had tried that a couple of times and that he didn't like it because um, it drew attention to weight cutting, which they don't really care to do. Right. I said, okay, fair enough. How about this? Because weight cutting is awful. It's gnarly. It's awful. Yeah, it's really gnarly. Um, I said, how about this? You know, there's been not much of a debate over open scoring because nobody's interested in it. Like, um, but... What do you think about at the beginning of round two, round three, you know, if there's championship rounds, like at the beginning of those rounds, show what the live odds are and how the odds have changed with each round. Right. And, and Dana like pulls his phone, sends a voice message to somebody. Hey, Steve, wants live odds. He goes, check it out. And like literally from that moment for the rest of that <laughs> night, every, every fight began so with wrong. the live odds. That's nice. So and Dana said, you're not wrong, Steve. -O. I, I like this. He's like, Steve O's odds. Because I was going to say, they, they just started doing that. Is that you? Yeah, that, was, that was me. But congratulations. They 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 I, was like, I like this adjustment. Because yeah. I was like, I, you like that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm watching, I see what I see. And this this number now matches what I see. Right. They're 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 not uh -huh. doing it regularly. You know, it's not something that now is in place. And it, I think they're doing it more. I would love it if they did it all the time as a rule. Right. But I understand why maybe they wouldn't want to do that because it, it it indicates more of a blowout fight, making it you know the the illusion right. of. Uh, but. It was during the the Shevchenko Grasso fight. I texted Dana, uh, "Live odds, please," and we got him right away. Right. And I thought Grasso was looking really good in that first round, but going into round two, the 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 gap had swollen, and it said uh, Shevchenko was minus one thousand. Uh, you know. Yeah, and I, I remember seeing that going. 
That's not what I just saw. That was not yeah. what I saw either. Yeah, I was that's surprised. Not what I saw. And that that minus one thousand Shevchenko live odds made Grasso finishing her that round so much more uh, satisfying and yeah. like uh, made it so much more unlikely and and awesome. That's sick. Yeah, we could talk about fighting. All for night. hours all yeah. night I, I love it we should steer the focus over to Vinny for a little while now oh god uh, wait, I, I, I do feel that I owe it to you to tell you about Vinny's prison pocket <laughs> oh, well we have a couple all different right. options yeah. uh, so what's pocket. a wrap <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a spiritual story or a prison pocket story yeah, yeah. take a pick <laughs> I have a feeling they somehow intersect <laughs> uh, Sort of. Um, <laughs> Vinny recently became our our co-host, and and he's great. He's colorful. He, he uh, and and he just had this experience. A guy came up to him in public. Yeah. He thought he could tell the story. I was at the gym working out, and uh, after working out, I went to go to this restaurant in the same parking lot, and. I finish eating. I get back in my car, and I see this Indian dude, maybe late forties, early fifties, walk by my car. Turns his head, lock, and he just locks eyes with me. Stops him in his track. And he just goes, excuse me, sir, you have a very lucky and happy face. And at first I thought this dude was like a kook. You know, just like absolutely crazy. And he comes over to my car. He's like, no, we were supposed to meet here at this very moment. And I'm like, okay, this dude is definitely a kook. Verse. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he grabs my wrist, right? And he and as soon as he grabs my wrist, I get this like intense feeling of like pins and needles. You and described it as heroin, yeah, but I described it as a, a, a heroin high, just times a thousand. Yeah. And um and he starts asking, missing a liver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, a yeah. and uh and he's like he kept saying we're supposed to meet here at this at this moment and he takes out this piece of paper out of his pocket and he's like, put this, hold this tight in your right hand and don't let go. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm really in this now, you know? And, uh, he's like, he's like, you were, uh, you were meant to be on this earth. Your purpose is making people laugh and making people happy. And, um, he's like, what, what I want you to do is tell me a relation, a female relationship in your life that's been bringing negative energy. And the first thing that came in my, my mind was my mom. So I just said my mom's name. And then he's like, name What's her maiden name? And what's the last four of your social <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then he goes like, he's like, name the first kind of flower that comes to your head. So I say lilies. He goes, what, what, uh, what year did your mother birth you? I said, 87. He goes, what do you want to do? And what are you doing now? I was like, oh, I would like to do some TV stuff. And uh, then he just goes on saying like, again, we were here to, we were, we were meant to meet here. You, uh, I, you are on the right path. Like everything you're doing is the right thing. Keep doing what you're, what you're doing. You need to stop thinking so much and you stop planning so much and just do. And then he goes, touch that piece of paper to your forehead and open it up. I touch that shit to my forehead and open it up. It has my mom's name, 1987 lilies and TV. See, that's where the story throws me off because like, that's part of like hokey magic tricks, yeah. you know, like, mm -hmm. And then but as he so had the paper in his I hand. Had, well, yeah, here's I the had thing. the paper in my hand. He had that experience. And for you to poo-poo whatever that like, is, right. whatever magic came next for him sure. based on that experience, right. right? if this guy stole his car and his identity, <laughs> yeah. now we got a problem. Yeah. But whatever I, that is, and I have I have friends that you know that believe in ghosts, they believe in those things, they believe in tarot card, those things. I fucking love the stories I, of that. 
if that inspires you to be kinder or better or more constructive with your life, with somebody else's life, 100% in. But if you ask me honestly, that motherfucker had your number. Uh, I mean, That's, that I'm, would be my cynical Irish so, uh, so guy. I'm squarely in your right? corner, and I don't want to poo-poo it. No, I, I love know. it. I, I love know. everything but about like, it. Like I'm, I'm kind of in the same corner too. But it's like, yeah, you can Google my birth, my birthday. Like you could yeah. find that shit out. But how, how is this dude gonna know that I'm gonna say lilies? Right. And As that's, for the camera recording of the build uh, from the building. That's not a bad idea. Okay. And yeah. the more compelling part of the because story. Because I think superheroes are real. A dude that's really fast. Wrote, ran around the building, wrote it on a piece of paper, and put it in his hand. And you couldn't see him; he was so fast. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I find the most compelling piece of the story the physical sensation that yeah, came over yeah. your body when he touched yeah, you. And, yeah, and and then a, an uncontrollable sobbing. Like I couldn't stop crying, and I it was almost like my heart was skipping beats, okay. and I couldn't move. And then after he after he just says he leaves, I, I'm sobbing uncontrollably, and then I turn around and he's just gone, and. It was, I, so many emotions were going through my head. Like, mm -hmm. I'm fucking terrified. That was, I'm, I'm kind of stoked. That was sick. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to do. I'm texting him. I'm like, dude, I'm freaking out. Like, I, like did Three I just Three people have... called him, worried about him yeah, within that second? Yeah, after he were left. those people in on it? No, no fucking way. No and fucking I, and, way. You, and you, your immediate response was, I think I might have just had a conversation with, with God. God. That's why I, I texted him. That was the first thing I, I did. I can't take that away from you. Yeah. No desire to take that away from you. Yeah. And and so uh, state he says. Where was this? Uh, in LA. Okay. Yeah. Well, what would Michael Jordan be doing in LA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And, and the next day, the one thing that he's been dreaming of the most. Uh, Not he, dreaming, but well, working most, hard. Like, really, really hard. <laughs> Obsessed. He wanted to be verified on Instagram so bad. It happened the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> and he got into Australia. Yeah, and my my they approved. And his my, Australian uh, visa came visa. through, despite the fact that he is a uh, intent to sell drug, drug dealer, drug smuggler, pocket heroin vaping. addict. Congratulations on all of those things. <laughs> Thanks, he used dude. to live in a porta potty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he went to prison for six months. He knew he was going to what prison for six months. <laughs> Nice. So he talked to Michael Jordan in LA, uh, <laughs> but went to prison before yeah, that. He, he, before that, and and uh, going knowing that he, he was checking himself in for six months in jail. He, Are you cool about talking about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> it's not gonna ruin my chances with any more hot chicks. That's for sure. Mellow. He knew he was gonna be dope sick, so he he went for the prison pocket. Okay. And what did you fit in there? Uh, a hypodermic needle, 10 Xanax bars, uh, a thing of rolling papers, maybe two grams of tobacco, and enough dope to last me a couple weeks. I still got five more fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I would have ended with that's, this. That's it? Skittles. Yeah. I, I would have yes. oh, ended with the, the hypodermic with the needle. needle. Yeah. Some Brazilian yeah. coffee beans and a grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but the but the the guy said um, this is, this is Vinny's past and yeah. and and now yeah. Vinny's recently celebrated five years of sobriety. Mm -hmm. He's uh, thank you killing it, doing like from where he was. He's 
on the right path, doing the right thing. And this this magical Michael Jordan character told him, "Don't think so much. Don't plan so much. Everything's going to work out." In the in the months of April, May, and July. April, May, July. Yeah. You're gonna your life is going to change radically for the better. Yeah. And I'm rooting for you, dude. Well, thanks, dude. I love it. I want <laughs> yeah. it all to be true. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. And <laughs> the is... fact that you got to tell that story. But if on... it's not true, if it doesn't go the way that that was described, take that as a challenge to make it go that way. For sure. And I, the way that I think of it, it's just more of like, as long as I just continue like being the best version of myself every day, mm-hmm. things work out without any explanation. I don't know how. It's just that that's how it's been happening the last couple of years. And every year it's just been be- better and better. So that's yeah. just what I'm going to do. You but- are a special person. <laughs> Thanks, Careful. dude. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Vinny's Vinny's a manifester, and he's a very yeah. special person. Yeah, I believe having a manifestation. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and I've always been thirty-five. Yeah, you're you're there. You're like at that. Yeah. You figured out how to make those things happen. Mm. When Who's, did it start happening for you? Uh, right around twenty-eight. I started realizing that there's ways that I could. Not you know, not manipulate time and space. It's not like that. It's just more, more paying attention to decisions that I already made, mm-hmm. and building on what, recognizing that decision process and recognizing that feeling in your gut, yep. combined with the experiences that you have logged up in your computer. Like combining yeah, experience with intuition to make <clears throat> decisions, but also going, I can't make the wrong decision. Right. There's. It's going to lead to some. Uh, educational conflict or some success that I can then build on for more more good or bad decisions. They're just decisions and you go forward. Yeah. Do you have a book that changed your life? Um, Besides doomsday prepping? But like... Uh, not doomsday prepping. Uh, yeah, I, I read a lot of, you know, I read a lot of uh, Joseph Campbell back in college and things like that. Uh, but... Honestly, it was just just experiences, watching, paying attention to not just my own experiences, but my other other friends' experiences, and just seeing what they went through for decisions that they made, yeah. and letting go of things that didn't matter. I think that's the huge, that's the biggest man. It just if you can get to the point where you can understand what to let go of, like imagine how fun the internet would be. If people knew how to just let go of shit and not engage and just mm-hmm. fight to the death over the dumbest fucking hilarious shit ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, and it's all about that. It's all that age of like, no, I have to win this fight with a stranger yeah. on the opposite side of the globe over fucking pizza recipes or whatever. whatever and on the is. flip side of that, if you can let go of, uh, you know, for me, the overdeveloped concern for the opinions of others. If I didn't, you know, right. If I wasn't so gripped by fear of what, you know, people think of me, or they're so right. hurt by a negative comment. Right. Oh yeah, that's. But you're, but you're, you're exposed like I am in that way. Like you, you take that seriously because you are an introspective person and you care. You're a caring person, so you're gonna you're gonna take some of that on. Just that's just your nature. Uh, but being able to take a deep breath in those moments and let that shit go yeah. is fucking hard, but it's essential. 
Yeah. That easy. And for where, where you, you were saying, um, my experience has been that when I get so stressed out, I'm trying to force something to happen, and it's like, I, like uh, if I can just turn my attention and my energy to the, the work of recovery, everything else sure. sorts itself out. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah, like, you know, am I, am I doing the work of recovery? If I do that, then I don't have to worry about anything. I was reading <laughs> it, a book last night, You Squared. Talked about a fly just kept hitting the window and hitting the window. He just kept hitting the window and then he just finally just that he'll do that until he dies. And all he has to do is just turn around and go the other way and he can go right into the door easily and the wind will take him. Mm-hmm. So it's like don't force anything. You know, yeah. that's, uh, that that was a really interesting And the wind will take him. That's the craziest part. Wow. Um my uh, meditation app every once in a while it says uh um by uh, struggling to paddle, like we will inev- inevitably drown. But if we just relax, we float. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a high fiber turd. <laughs> yeah, like a high exactly. fiber turd. Um, that, is, that is true, but you, you know, circling it back around to the UFC and doing martial arts and everything, that's some of the guys, as you watch those dudes get higher up in jujitsu. They're so relaxed yeah. because they understand that the more this young dude who's just stressing out trying to win, 30 seconds, this guy's going to be so gassed because mm-hmm. he's yeah. just he's wasting all of his energy. Yeah. Rather than just like relaxing into the moment to go, if I put my hand here, where does this extremely experienced black belt put his hand? Where does he move his foot? Where does he shift his weight based on me doing a thing to see what he's doing rather than me like i learned a dance move on youtube and i'm going to try to force the dance move right you're just wasting your time you got to pay attention to what this guy who has experience is going to do in reaction to you reaching with this hand or reaching with this hand or whatever and that relaxing that's the wind understanding that yeah rather than beating up against the glass that's you got to just get to bend with bend with the wind i mean you had to get really good at that being a farmer Oh, you have no fucking control. Zero, zero. All the plans in the world, and then you get hail, and your fucking crops toast. Mm -hmm. So you just have to. You have to go. This is what I've got. This is what I got this year. This is what we're doing. You you plant the seed. Hurry up and grow. What the fuck are you doing? Nothing gonna happen. You just gotta forget about it. There's a. There's. There's. I cannot make the grapes be ripe in, you know, April. They're going to be ripe in August. September. There's nothing you can do to force that issue. So that patience and uh, let go, let God kind of thing, that's farming, man. It's to a T. Um, how much, uh, why is it that wine, they say it like age like a fine wine. Is that real? Like wine gets better the older it is? Uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, you don't have enough and time. Italians. You have no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 about the 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 complexity that is that living, breathing creature in a bottle. It changes over time, and the more uh, TLC that went into it, the actual growing of those grapes, and then the ushering of those grapes into that state of being a wine, they have a they have a structure that is built to age and change and become more complex with age. There's definitely a peak to it, then it falls off, but like 
there is there is a an understanding of winemaking and grape growing that kind of goes into that statement that gets lost with just the aging like a fine right. wine. Well, if you don't, if you don't understand all the effort that took into cultivating that vine and all the effort that it takes to uh, coax that fruit off that vine in the most the best expression of that day that year, and then put it in that bottle without getting in the way and not manipulating it. You know, that's where I'm going to come from. It from that metaphorical, you know, steward. I'm not a I'm not a winemaker. I'm a steward of the grape, just getting it from grape to mm. to wine. All right. Um, uh, Pussifer. Mm. Like, is is it an imminent release? Or it already. Uh, the so every time we do a full length album. We then go back and we reach out to all of our friends and they have a reimagining of all the tracks. And so that's being released uh, March 31st, this Friday. This Friday, yeah, boom, the out. day after this comes out. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be out in the market, uh, you know, all the all the formats, vinyl, CD, remember compact discs? You uh-huh. Uh, and um, streaming, digital, all that pretty fun like we got a lot of cool people to kind of do it this time uh it's always nice to hear what people are gonna how right. they're gonna reimagine these things so quite a few uh justin uh chancellor from tool did one uh, uh karina in the band my my favorite was karina's track um but trent uh and atticus did one uh sarah jones drummer for uh harry styles okay. uh, sarah did one um she was actually on the she played a lot on the actual album, our album. Uh, we we're trying to get her to go on tour with us, but she's out with Harry. Like she's like permanent fixture in that whole thing. So we kind of lost her. Harry is doing pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, there's you know there's no reason to rock that boat. She's <laughs> she's killing it with uh, with the band. So there's no reason to uh, bust his balls, although I want to. Um, because she's great. And I just I wanted a tour with her, but uh, yeah, he got her. Um is on there uh matt mitchell did one uh choi van lewin from uh queen's stone age did one uh i'm gonna forget all the people who did one uh fantagram did one so it's it's quite it's it's quite a fun lineup uh, juliette commagere who's also one of the vocalists that worked <coughs> with Pussifer for all the time she did one they're all great they're just it's just really nice to hear them completely reimagined yeah um is there uh you were talking about catching up on touring. Has that just happened, or is that about to happen? Oh man, I've been touring since uh, twenty two started because like we were shut the fuck down right. twenty and twenty one with all bands, and so and now just, everybody's out well, and we're all out and we're out. So like I'm right. I'm going I'm on the road again in in a few weeks with Pussifer and Tool. Wow, uh, for all summer and then. Tool back out in the fall, and then tool back out in the winter, and then I'm trying to do my. I turned sixty in uh, uh, twenty twenty four, so I'm gonna try to put together a thing. I did it for my fiftieth birthday called uh, Cinquanta, where we're gonna do Seisantos on my sixtieth birthday show in some way. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I look older than you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the lack. Of, that's the lack of sleep. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it is pretty remarkable the way you've kept yourself together. 
Yeah, you gotta look. You gotta look under the hood. <laughs> it's a mess. It's, a, it's the Bronson it's a fucking life, mess. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then now, when you're going out on these tours, like uh, it is a bus operation. Yeah. So for Pussifer, we're gonna do. Uh, Tool's got a couple festivals in May. Same same festivals that Pussifer's playing. Luckily, not the same night because that would fucking murder me. But uh, we'll be in a bus, and then in Europe, it'll be. Probably like crew will have two buses, band will have one bus, or some combination of that. So, the entire band, all the wrestlers, all the all of our, you know, all, everybody on one bus, and then the crew on a, on another bus, and then um, Tool. It's like me and my dog. Yeah. <laughs> Your dog likes the RV. Uh, she, you know, she doesn't mind it. Um, she's kind of young. She's she's learning, learning the road. My uh, beloved Wendy just does. She's scared of the bus. I couldn't bring her anymore. Too much. She just gets stressed out. Yeah, I. Dunk, dunk, I dunk. want. I want to have her, and I just couldn't do it. So I got a Yorkie, so she just sits right here. And there you go. She's fine. Um, I think that we we could probably wrap it up, and I, I know I'm gonna say this in the intro to the podcast, but uh, man. Thank you so much. Like, what an honor. And um, I, I've never deployed this bus just to do a, a podcast. Like, uh, okay. It's epic. I mean, the, the one time we, we, we took our podcast who, who you van, Who are you running into in Vegas? Uh, Steve Aoki. Oh, okay. I don't know Steve, but hello, Steve. Yeah. And uh, I, I just threw a last minute uh, text to Dana, see if he wants to. Uh, you know, which um, is just rude. He's been nothing me. but kind to me. Whenever I kind of like reach through the through the powers that be to like, because there's a particular fight that I want to be there for. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I try not. Over the years, I've tried not to milk that through our booking agent to like be the guy that wants tickets to everything. The only thing I ever beg for is that front row for yeah. UFC. It's nothing unbelievable. Like it. It's the it's the greatest in the world. I was there for in Phoenix when uh, when Nate almost caught. Ah, I was there for that. Oh my god, dude! Like that was like, I'm I'm like literally like a freaking yeah. out like a meth head like on the on the sideline just screaming going finish it. <laughs> dog and I'm like he's on the fucking ground. Yeah, sure. I still haven't been yet. I'm dying again. I, I was in the fighter section for that. Okay, like uh, which was fun in its own right. Um. Yeah, dude, it's 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 so great, man, and and I will pass that on to to Dana. Um, I'm sure that he's super stoked to have you there. You know who's the most rabid UFC fan is Anthony Kiedis. Really? Yeah, I've uh, I went to an event with my girl in Dallas, and we're psychos. He should we, come train at our academy. I, I I don't doubt that he would. Um, Down. I uh, my girl and I get to the fights. This was when Tyron Woodley fought Darren Till in Dallas. Okay. We come in there for the first fight pass prelim because we're like, that's just how we do it. We mm -hmm. sit there, we're gonna sit there for six hours, and and we walk out there in the first fight, and Anthony Kiedis is already in the seat, yeah. and I'm sitting right next <laughs> to him. Because some of the best fights you're gonna see are yeah. gonna be those prelims because pay attention, pay attention to what they're doing. Uh, you're gonna see them again if they're any good. Yeah, oh, it, it was Irene Aldana. 
on the uh, on, on the fight pass prelims that night. And, and I remember I sat down to Anthony Kiedis. I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna bug him. Like, just shut up, just be cool, you know. And like, and and Anthony is he's like, oh, dude, we're like, you know, talking about fighting the whole time. It was the most fun I've ever had at the UFC. Awesome. Just broing down with Anthony Kiedis. I was, was behind Vitor Belfort's <laughs> massive skull. And I'm like trying to watch this Anderson Silva fight, and that's when Weidman broke his Oof. leg. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Anderson broke his leg. I was like behind. Him. Oh. I, was, I watched it go, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I almost peed. That's a tough one. Yeah, I was yeah. there when, when Connor broke his leg. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, dude. Um, it, it, it's just it's an incredible honor. Um, I, I don't know that I've been more excited ever for one of these, so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what's your point, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> I just write poems, dude. <laughs> Is this about my hat? <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, our, uh, do you tell him about our driver? Oh, I didn't tell you about the driver. Um, our beloved tour bus driver, I told him... Uh, right when the idea first came up, I was like, oh man, like, uh, you know, end of March, beginning of April, we're going to go to Arizona, you know, for, for Maynard. And our bus driver said, I sold him his property 33 years ago in, in, in Arizona, Arizona. What's his name? Bruce. Bruce what? He's right outside the door. Like, yeah, yeah. Please grab him. Please grab him. Because I, uh, I, bought, I saw, I bought several properties Robeson. here when I first. Who's Robeson? Robeson. So probably the. Gilmore, uh, something or. He probably it was probably up in uh, on the mountain, thirty Come acres up on Mingus Mountain. Mingus, that's what he said. Yeah, third. The thirty-two. Yeah. He's coming in. Yeah, Bruce is the best. Um. Calvin said, I was like, oh, I want to tell Maynard on the, you know, like, like get his reaction while we're recording. And, and, uh, he said, yeah, like you're going to get a bit way bigger reaction from the Brompton. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the, like, um, the, uh, you know, the odds. So, so, the, so the 30 acres on Mingus. Yeah. Okay. And, and this happened like 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, it happened in 1997, 98. Yeah. Yeah. That was the because uh, it was a it was payments and then a balloon payment at the end. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was a great piece of property. Yep. I hated selling it. Yeah. I, I regret <laughs> selling it, but I made a lot of money off it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I ended up using it to buy another piece that uh, I have vineyards on. So it was it was a wise move for me because I couldn't plant vineyards on that yeah. part, but I ended up flipping it to to get this other piece in Cornville. That ended up. It's you know, it's one of my favorite sites. So. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Cool. Right Sweet. on, man. All right. Well, that that that's a wrap. And, I uh, got. I have a. Do you have a CD player in here? Uh, do we have a CD player in here? Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have gotten a CD gifted to you from Maynard, but I think that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Let me uh, say too. I was gonna say this in the intro, but I just didn't have the heart. But uh, when I filled out my application to Clown College, they weirdly asked a bunch of crazy questions, like when is the last time you cried and why? And like, it was just weird. And among the questions was what your three favorite musical acts. 
and number one that was tool I put, put it on on my clown college application in 1997 and you know the footage of me drinking the bong water that might have been 90 no that was 97 too but uh i mean they were talking a long time ago man like big time fan and that was huge plus let me tell you that uh steve aoki like one of my favorite people in the world now like absolutely the steve aoki podcast was fantastic and that's not even coming next next week is a complete surprise out of nowhere i'll tell you it's lisa vanderpump come on like my friendship with lisa vanderpump is pretty epic we're we're really gonna we're going into a, a fun time with this podcast and you know how much i love you guys for sticking around and um i love you even more for not judging me on what a dork i was on that one 